The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Praise God. I'm going to be sharing some things. Doing business the Jesus way. It has been said that to succeed in life, you must have a business approach. That means you should be able to measure your progress. Amen. Define where you're going, measure your progress, praise God. Now, we actually define business in several ways. We said the word business is from the word business. Can you remember? We also said it refers to your productive preoccupation. It also could mean a system of activities engaged in for the purpose of meeting a need or providing a service at a price in order to make a profit. So we have defined business from the word of God. The Bible is very clear that whatever you do is your business. Amen? Whatever you do is your business. If you are a student, you are in business. I hope you know that. I said I hope you know that. If you work, your work is your business. Whatever you do is your business. Whatever you do for a living is also your business. We also said a business is any activity that provides you the opportunity to exercise your gift or potential for the benefit of others. You said it's any activity that provides you the opportunity to exercise your gift or potential for the benefit of others that gives you a sense of meaning and fulfillment. For instance, this is my business. Luke 2 verse 49, Jesus Christ said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? So that means ministry is what? Is business. Hallelujah. Whatever you do is your business. And a lot of people don't have a business approach to life. I choose to have a business approach to life. First Thessalonians 4.11. Paul speaks to the Thessalonican church. He said, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to walk with your own hands as we have commanded you. So you can see that whatever you do is your business. Tell your neighbor, whatever you do is your business. Luke 19, we're going to begin from verse 12. Luke 19, verse 12. So let us look at this, doing business the Jesus way. Give it to me in the New King James Version because of something we are going to read. Let's begin from verse 11 of clarity. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because it was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. In other words, they thought that the kingdom of God would appear immediately, just as we think that Jesus is coming soon. And we know he's coming soon. But you've got to understand what Jesus required them to do. Verse 12. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. That's Jesus. Jesus has gone to receive his coronation. He has been crowned king of kings and lord of lords, and he's going to return for us. So he called ten of his servants. Why ten? Ten is the number of responsibility. Not because the Bible couldn't have said 20 servants, but this is a parable, which is prophetic symbolism. He says, so he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minors. Notice he gave them 10 minors. And said to them, what did he say? 
do business till when? Till I come. In other words, be preoccupied. Be preoccupied productively until I come. I remember many years ago, there was a, uh, a prophecy, which was a false prophecy that Jesus was going to come at a particular day, and a lot of people sold their lands in America, sold their property, and finally, the day they said Jesus will come, he didn't come, because the Bible says no man knows the day, nor what? They are, and there's a lot of lies. I remember when they said uh, to be December 12, 2012, because of the prophecy of the Mayans, that flood was going to cover the earth. And I said, Jesus will not come on December 12, 2012. And even some big men who go in America began to see all kinds of stuff. I said, one, the Bible doesn't say that flood will cover the earth again. It will never happen, but that's what the, the Mayan prophecy said. So you've got to know the Bible for yourself. Very, very important in these last days because there's a lot of deception out there and there's more to come. Jesus said, many will come in my name and do what? And deceive many. Praise God. Now, we said in doing business in Jesus' way, number one, we said you need definiteness of purpose. Definiteness of purpose. In other words, you must define why your business exists. Definiteness of purpose. Define why your business exists. Give yourself a why. I've told you, give yourself a why. Whatever you want to do, give yourself a why. And I explained to you the reason for giving yourself a why. It gives you a motivation. For instance, the fragrance of his presence, I have at least 28 reasons why we should have that program. So for your business, write as many as you can. Some people tell you to write 30. Some people say write as many as 40. Because the clearer your why, the greater your motivation. Very, very important. Definiteness of purpose. We've dealt with that already, but I'll just touch a few things. We said that every successful business is characterized by definiteness of purpose. And they are focused on living out their purpose. Even if you look at successful people, you will notice that. Definiteness of purpose or a well-defined purpose, inspires you to engage in meaningful activity, meaningful activity and creative productivity. Very important. Jesus, when he came, he was very, very definite. In John 10, 10, he said, A thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come, you know, the new king of I have come, that he might have life, and I will have more abundantly. He was very very definite. Then if you look at verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That means it was obvious Jesus was going to die. See, he had a definiteness of purpose. Look at this very quickly. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Hebrews 12 verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross, the spice and the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You've got to define why you are in business. Define it, write it down. Very, very important. I wrote this down. A clear sense of purpose gives you objectivity in life. You know, it is difficult to distract a man that knows why he exists. 
And that's why if you look at me, you can predict where I will go, where I will not go. It's very, very clear because I am focused. First John 3, 8. The Bible says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Very, very clear. And if you observe Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So that was his purpose. He lived out his purpose. And theologians tell us Jesus spent two-thirds of his time healing the sick and casting out devils. So we said to succeed in business, you must be focused. You must be focused. Praise God. Are you all there? All right. Number two, we said determined vision. Determined vision. Which future do you see? Do you see a future for your business? Do you see a future for your business? What kind of future do you see? Describe it. Write it on paper. Jesus had a determined vision. What is a vision? We said a vision is a mental picture of an inspiring future. A mental picture of an inspiring future. Dream of a future for your business. Every business that is doing well had a dream. They had a vision. It was very clear. And um, for the most part, we've seen that the business world has been dominated by the children of this world instead of the children of the kingdom because they are more definite than we are. See, they are more definite. The average Christian is starting a business just to eat. If that's all you're doing, when you become comfortable and you're eating, the business stops growing. But most of these folks had the big dream, a business that will touch the world, that, that will change the world. And it's important that you have such a big dream. A vision is a mental image of a preferable future. A mental image of a preferable future. It is an inspiring picture of a desirable end or destination. An inspiring picture of a desirable end or destination. It refers to the image of the future you see. The image of the future you see. There are certain things that are very clear to me. I've seen us in the Samalogbomudia Stadium in Benin, Liberation Stadium in Podakot, Adama uh, Singba Stadium in Ibadan, um, all that and all that. I've seen, I've seen all these things. They're my spirit. You need to have a determined vision. Write it down. God talks through pictures. When God speaks to his men in the Bible, if you observe it, it gives them a picture of the future. When he dealt to Abraham, he said, as far as your eyes can see, that will I give you. He gave him a picture. A lot of times, we as believers don't work with pictures. We just say, I have it. My future is so bright. It's true. It's bright. Write it down. What do you see? Because the future you see is the future that will be. God says, as far as your eyes can see, that will I give you. In other words, if you cannot see it, you cannot possess it. That means the future you see is the future that will be. You've got to have that strong in your spirit. Let's look at something here very quickly. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Are you there? It says, And the, then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tables that it may run who reads it. You see? Describe the vision in a way and manner that it will motivate anyone. But it's got to be clear. 
you write it down how your business is going to be, how many, yeah, the, 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 I remember a young man, because of this young man here is a motivational speaker in South Africa. He's one of the most uh, expensive motivational speakers in the world. He, he was very clear that he was going to be receiving this amount of money for his uh, speeches and the trainings, and that's what he gets. Be very definite about the vision, about the picture. What are you going to be earning from this job the next 10 years, the next five years? Be very, very clear. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tables that he may run who reads it. Now, let's look at it in the New Living Translation. New Living. It says, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. In other words, write it in such a way that it cannot be mistaken. See, don't, today you say, um, this is what happens to a lot of people. Today they are setting beans. Tomorrow they are setting, they are bringing beans from the north. Next tomorrow they are bringing rice from the north. They are bringing onion from the north. They are not very clear. Be very definite. What is this going to be about? Or if you're into the food business, food, I'm into food, not the one that you are, you are into food business, you are selling steel, you are selling wood, only you. No, be very definite about what you want to do and why. Praise God. Now give it to me in the message translation, please. It says, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. In other words, it keeps on motivating you. It keeps on, I see it all the time. I've seen myself minister in the, in the biggest churches in this nation. I see it all the time. One of the biggest churches in Pernacot will be going there this year by May. I didn't solicit for it, but I just knew it in my spirit that the big church in this nation, I'm going to be there, I'm going to meet, I've seen it. See? So you to your business, what do you see? Do you see yourself handling contract with the UN have you seen it in your imagination? Have you seen yourself having uh, contracts with, um, with um, the African Development Bank or with, with nations in South Africa, with, with Ghana? What do you see? There's no harm in dreaming. No one will arrest you for dreaming big. Yeah, the truth. And don't forget, the supplies you enjoy from God will be tied to the dream you possess in your heart. So you've got to have a dream, and it's got to be very, very clear. Amen. God loves dreamers. Every successful business, business person is someone that had a dream. That is a mental picture of what the business is going to look like in the future. What is the business going to look like in the future? Now, Jesus, his church, which is his business, he said something, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It was very clear. The church has been going for over 2,000 years, it has not been crushed. In spite of the persecution of the church, there are churches in Saudi Arabia. Amazingly, Iran is one of the most difficult nations in the world, but the church in Iran right now is the fastest growing church in the world. What I mean, the nation, national church, the church in Iran. Think about it. In China, close to a million people get saved every day because 30,000 souls are saved every day. Jesus said it. No matter what you think about it, this vision is coming to pass. And as he saw we in this world, there is no fear in dreaming. Dream it. If you can dream it, God can do it. The Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power in heaven. No, according to the power that worketh 
within us. If you can dream it, God will do it. Amen? Praise God. So it's important that you dream. Tell someone, dream. Yes, dream. Vision inspires hope. Vision inspires hope. We said hope is the currency of inspiration. Hope is the currency of inspiration. Inspiration generates energy. Energy drives accomplishments. Vision inspires hope. Hope is the currency of inspiration. Inspiration generates energy. Energy drives accomplishments. When we lose sight of vision, we become hopeless and depressed. Then we lose energy and progress stalls. And that's true. Satan will always try to discourage you. He'll make you look at your past. He'll make you look at your mistakes. And when you look at all that, before you know it, you lose sight of the future. See? But you need to understand that God's plan for you was decided before you were born. God knew the mistakes you were going to make, and yet, he still had that plan for you. So don't drop your vision because of your mistakes. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So we need to constantly remind ourselves of, of the, the vision we have. Successful businesses are vision-focused. For instance, Toyota had the, they had the goal and the vision of becoming number one car maker in the world, and they did. They beat GM, General Motors. Even now, the General Motors has merged with Chrysler. Dr. Yevon Chu had the goal and the vision of growing the world's largest church, and he did. And that's where we are going. Yeah, he has retired. The church grew to about 750 or thereabout, and they divided the people. Now they're just 150. And um, God always improves on the next generation. Apple had a vision of putting a computer in every home, and Today's mobile phone is more sophisticated by the computer of, um, than the com computer of yesteryears. Microsoft wanted to be the software language in every computer, and they made Windows available and affordable. What about you? Windows is still the most used software in computers. I'll be aware of that. Okay. Go to number three, driving mission. Driving mission. Your mission is your vocation. It's your vocation. Your mission is your task or job you're given to do. In other words, when you're talking about the mission of your business, is what are we supposed to be doing? That is your business. What are we supposed to be doing? Your mission is your assignment. It is a problem you are assigned to solve. It is a problem you are assigned to solve. It could also mean the service you have decided to meet or the product you've decided to offer. So you look at the problem you're assigned to solve. As a business, you say, this is what we are going to be doing. This is what we are going to, as a ministry, uh, our mission is very, very clear. Very, very clear. And we said our mission is to reach every individual in this world of the gospel in order to raise fully functioning followers of Christ in every nation. That's why we do what we do. See, we want to reach every individual in this world. Amen? That's why we got on TV. That's why we, we're getting on international TV stations. 
For instance, I thank God for SCBN. They are now on Joy TV in Ghana. And uh, the Ghanaians are being impacted by our message. Praise God. Amen. So we, we've got to have um, a clear definition of what am I supposed to be doing. Let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35, King James. It says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. When they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, watch this, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. Jesus knew what he was supposed to be doing. Very, very important. Are you out there? Let me give you something here. Very quickly. Rules for business success. On the mission, rules for business success. Number one, know your business. Know your business. Know your business. Don't just jump into a field you know nothing about. Know your business. Number two, Focus on your business. Focus on your business. Number three, do your business. Do your business. Number four, find better or new ways Find better or new ways of doing your business. Find better or new ways of doing your business quicker, cheaper, and more effectively. Find better or new ways of doing your business quicker, cheaper, and more effective. Don't forget that in business, innovation is king. Creativity and innovation is king. So find better ways of doing your business, new and better ways to do it quicker, cheaper, and more effectively. Now, if you, if you study uh, businesses in the world, you'll notice that Google was not the first search engine. If those of you were browsing then, Google was not even known. But they found a better way to provide information quicker and cheaper to everyone. And today, Google is one of the most profitable companies in the world. They are billionaires today, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Number five, determine what you want the future of the business to look like. Number six, number six, give yourself to your business. Give yourself to your business. Number seven, engage and employ the best hands into your business. Engage and employ the best hands into your business. There's a principle that um, I have learned over the years, and I think it's important that you carry it on because that's what successful business will do. You staff your weakness. You staff your distractions. You see, let's say as a person, for instance, as a person, I'm an indoor person. I'm not someone that likes going out. In fact, those of you who know me will know that there are many trips I plan to travel 
And the next day you see me, I didn't travel because I'm an indoor person. But there are people who like going out and going everywhere, visiting everybody. That's their strength. See, I prefer being in one place, reading my Bible, praying, just being on, being on my own. Like yesterday, I saw my children for the first time past nine. You know, so that's the way I am. So, but I staff that area of my life. People are in pastoral care, following up people. You understand know what I'm saying? So staff your weakness, then staff your distractions. Anything that is distracting you from the main thing, the main thing you know that you're supposed to be doing, staff it. Amen. I said, amen. Praise God. Now, Jesus gave a clear mission statement to the church. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to who? To every creature. So it was very clear. The mission of the church is clear. Our primary mission is so winning, preaching the gospel, and so development, that is discipleship. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever commanded you. Mission-minded people and businesses succeed. I remember watching the speech by Steve Jobs. It was very definite about his mission. And I found that every, every successful person, if you listen to them, they, they seem to have a mission, what they are supposed to be doing with their lives. And I've talked with Christians again and again. I found out that most of us who are believers, we, we really don't have a sense of mission. What am I supposed to be doing? For instance, I, I learned something many years ago, the power of routine. You should have at least five to seven things to do every day that will guarantee the fulfillment of your dream. It's called your dream routine. Five to seven things you will do every day of your life in order to guarantee the fulfillment of your dream. A lot of people don't do that. Christians don't do that. But if you look at the lives of successful people, uh, successful Christians, successful unbelievers, they have a routine. They have certain things to do every day that they must do every day. YouTube, develop yours. What's your dream life going to be like? When are you supposed to wake up every day? What are you going to do the first thing you wake up in the morning? What are you going to do later that day? Just, just your dream routine. And I promise you, based on the word of God, if you do this, it will turn you into a marvel. Amen? Praise God. Now, look at this. Do you know Christians, for instance, Christians don't value this kind of message? And you forget that those at the top who are unbelievers, they use these principles of the Bible to get there, and they make the laws for us. For instance, when Fashola was the SSG of um, Lagos State, he used to go to work every day, 6 a.m. in the morning. He switches off his phone from 12 to 6. 6 o'clock every morning, he's up, and he switches, off, switches on his phone. That was his routine. When I was watching the interview, I was a Christian. I knew, I said, this guy will be a governor of Delaware State. Because the future belongs to those who prepare for it. Christians just believe in luck. But you forget that our God also believes in diligence. He says, see as a man that is diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings and not before me, man. See? So you've got to, what am I supposed to be doing every day? Write it down. Think about it. What am I supposed to do? Okay, I should pray every day. 
I should read something every day. I should listen to a message every day. I should do this every day. I should confess my dreams every day. I should do You write it down and try it. Amen? If you make that your dream routine, I'm telling you, you won't regret it. For instance, consider Paul's words. Paul says, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So Paul knew what he was supposed to be doing. Mission-minded people live with a sense of urgency. They are busy with their callings and vocations. Steve Jobs was a mission-minded man. Here's one of his quotes. If you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Did you get that? If you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. Something exciting. Mission-minded people are passionate. Are passionate people because they have been captivated by compelling vision that drives them to a sense of duty. Remember when Jesus got to Samaria in John chapter 4? Give me John chapter 4. Let's begin from verse 30. I want you to look at this. John 4 verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now, buy bread, all right? They're coming. Jesus said he's hungry. He was tired, right? Look at this next verse. In the meanwhile, as I was praying, they're begging him, Master, eat. See, this, this man is hungry. Now they're begging him to eat. Next verse. It says, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat you know not of. Next verse. Therefore said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him anything to eat? Next verse. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do. You see that? The will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You see, they live with a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency. You may find me before a meeting, okay, like for instance, there are many Sundays that I come to church and I haven't slept. Now, it's a sense of urgency. Why would you study all through the night, then pray before the service about an hour, then come to the service directly and not sleep? The amazing one sometimes is when we have maybe meetings stretch where I will now continue for like two or three days until the sleep says, boy, it's time to sleep. But that's what mission does to you. It, 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 when, when you have a, a clear vision, your, your why is so clear, it just drives you. Amen? I said amen. You already have a clear vision. Your vision must be so inspiring that it, it forces you to walk with a sense of duty. It must make you work. Are you aware that most of the most successful people sleep late? Are you aware of that? For instance, Dexter Yaga sleeps three o'clock every morning. Wakes up eight o'clock every morning. Every morning, that's when he's going to bed. This is routine, 3 a.m. I'm not saying you should try it. It's not very easy on your body if you have not been trained. Let me remind you of a powerful quote from a man that inspired a movement and humbled the British Empire. His name was Mahatma Gandhi. He said, A small body of determined spirits 
fired by an unquenchable faith in their mission, can alter the course of history. Did you hear what I said? A small body of determined spirits, fired by an unquenchable faith in their mission, can alter the course of history. That's what they did. The British Empire was the strongest empire in the world. And this man read about Jesus. And he inspired a non-violent revolution. And the British people would beat them, kill them. And he would tell them something. He would say, we'll walk on their consciences. People were like, let's take guns. And I told you the other time, I said, even the... Um, but the ANC, during the days of Mandela's youth, they, 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 they used weapons. But Mohandas Gandhi, popularly known as Mahatma Gandhi, no bullet was fired. And they humbled the British Empire. A small body of determined spirits, see, focused on their mission, can alter the course of history. Now, if they could do that and humble the British Empire and these folks didn't fire a gun and they were not praying. I know he was fasting a lot, but they were not praying to our God. What can we do, believers, with prayer, with faith in God, knowledge of the scripture, when we have a clear vision or mission? That's why I believe that before Jesus comes, I say this under God, every stadium in this country, from Bielsa to Bauchi to Bornu, every stadium will be filled, and we're going to preach this gospel. Nothing is going to stop us in Jesus' name. Are you all there? You see, I believe, I believe what Jesus said. I believe what Jesus said. Because if you observe, our, our great following is from the north. From the north, Hausa people, from the north, Fulani people, from the north, they love our message because God told me something, said, I've, I've given you favor with the people. I've given you the hearts of the people. Then he said, I've given you the victory. See, so our message becomes irresistible. They, they like me. I remember I went somewhere, went to buy something. I think Pastor Ari was with me. And um, the woman that had the, the, the shop, I went with my wife and... Um, the, the lady ran to me and said, oh, this is Pastor Devalifer. So, my children love you. Oh, my children are not around. That's God. Amen? So I know it's possible on the 29th of January that that stadium will be packed out. I'm telling you to be packed out because with God all things are possible. Say amen. amen. Mission is a powerful thing. It drives you to walk tirelessly, continuously, Toward your determined vision. It's a powerful thing. Let me close with a quote from the youngest billionaire in the world. You all know him, Mark Zuckerberg. Hear what he said. Facebook was not originally created to be a company. It was built to accomplish a social mission to make the world more open and connected. And right now, do you know Facebook has more users than many countries in the world? One billion. There are more people on Facebook than you have time every day. Some of you are on Facebook 2 a.m., Facebooking. As you wake up in the morning, you are Facebooking. 
somebody's mission. You have friends in China you've never seen, friends in America you've never met, friends in Canada you don't know. You have friends. You're friending, everybody friending. You are fulfilling this mission. And it's making more money. It's having more billion. Because they, 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 I remember they did a, the value on every Facebook user. The value was very offensive to me. When you have go and check the value of, Facebook, of every Facebook user. Because that's what it used to determine the value of the company. And I was very angry. I said, is that the value? <laughs> and the people are using it so much. They use it to make money. But it's, it's no problem. Let's run. Praise God. Take out some time today and think through your mission statement. It must be born out of your vision and mission. All right? So you look at your vision, what is the future supposed to be like, your, your, your purpose, um, what you're supposed to, um, why you're supposed to do what you're doing, then build your mission out of it. Amen? I said amen. Facebook is a very useful tool today. I hope you know that. They've used it to find missing people. They've used it to catch criminals because criminals use Facebook. They can use it to track you, track your friends. They can catch anybody anywhere. Just by logging to Facebook, they know where you are. Praise God. All right, let's take the, the last one for this morning. Number four, diligence in action. I'll stop there. Diligence in action. There's something we, we used to say, plan your work and what? Work your plan. All right. What is diligence? Number one, diligence means persevering application. In other words, assiduity, persevering application. You, you are consistent. Number two, speed. Speed. Number three, the attention and care, the attention and care legally expected or required of a person. The attention and care legally expected or required of a person. Your vision cannot be accomplished without a sense of urgency and a tireless commitment to work. Your vision cannot be accomplished without a sense of urgency and a tireless commitment to work. That's why I said you need to have your dream routine. What are the, the five to seven things you must do every day? I'm not talking about your goals for the day. I want to see this person. No, your routine. Because like Mike Murdoch says, the secret of your future is anywhere in your daily routine. Are you all there? What you do daily determines what you become permanently. What you do daily determines what you become permanently. And success is what you attract because of who you've become. What you do daily determines what you become permanently. And success is what you attract because of who you've become. So if I'm going to become something, then I've got to do something daily, right? Okay, so what are you going to be doing daily? I will read daily. I will pray daily. I will listen to a message every day. I will make confessions about my dreams every day. You see that? You could be, I will exercise every day. If you want to lose weight and be in shape, if you have a tendency to be fat. Amen? He says, it has been said that the only place that success comes before work is where? The dictionary. All successful people I know are very hard workers. They are diligent people. In his younger days, Bishop Wade used to work 18 hours every day. 18 solid hours every day. Now you work 16 hours every day. 
You see why is it the pastor of the largest church right now in the world? Because he is the man that diligence in his business just stand before kings and not before mean men. Diligence in action. I remember Charles Backley used to rehearse his basketball stunt, his free throws, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. every day. 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. every day. That's even in the dark. Some of you are unaware that when Michael Jordan was um, working on a movie, he asked them that while they are working on the movie, they should, bring a, they should create a basketball court beside the place they are having the movie. So every time they're having breaks, instead of going to GST, he goes to make his moves. Why are people going to GST? Diligence in action. According to Benjamin Disraeli, diligence is the mother of good fortune. Diligence is the mother of good fortune. Benjamin Franklin states it like this. He said, diligence is the mother of luck. I remember someone has defined luck as laboring under correct knowledge. Laboring under correct knowledge. Laboring under correct knowledge. Is this helping anybody? Grace was never meant to be an excuse for laziness or idleness. According to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle of Grace himself, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. So Paul is saying that if you have grace, you should walk. I found that even very grace preachers, they study a lot. For me, the most extreme grace preacher one time was talking about um, something like, um, was it like an aftershock or something, like almost like an earthquake, maybe there was an earthquake in another country, and it kind of affected their small city. And he said the building where he was tilted, said about 1 a.m. in the morning and he was studying. I, I laughed, I said, grace people study. Because some people feel that we who are grace preachers, we don't study. We don't know. Grace people study. They study. Grace empowers you to work. Grace empowers you to work. Look at Ephesians 3. Let's begin from verse 3. It says, How that my revelation made known unto me the mystery as I wrote that for in few words. Next verse. It says, Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Next verse. It says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Next verse. Then he says, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Give me verse 7, please. It says, wherefore, watch this, I was made a minister because of all this purpose that God has given to him, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me, how? By the fetcher working of his power. Grace empowers you to work. It's not an excuse for laziness. Grace is a divine empowerment. Grace is a divine empowerment that enables us to do what is beyond the natural. Grace is a divine empowerment that enables us to do what is beyond the natural. Let us look at our ultimate example, Jesus. First Peter 2, verse 21. Jesus is an example. He left an example to follow in his steps. John 4, verse 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and what? And to finish his work. 
Jesus was a doer. He went about doing. You know that? Acts 10, 38, who went, he went about doing good. He was a doer. Remember one of his prominent statements. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. So Jesus was a walker. He was a walker. What a word. Jesus Christ our Lord walked with a sense of urgency. He walked tirelessly. He was a lover of walk. See? The Apostle Paul was no different. He was a hard worker. Hard work does not kill. It refines. You know that? Hard work does not kill. I heard that many years ago, 1996. Changed my life. I was 20 years old. That was the year I wanted to leave home. I listened to a message by a dear man of God in our country. He said, at 20 years, you should become responsible for yourself. Whatever it takes to survive, to succeed, you take responsibility for who you are. And that's what I did at 20. And I told my dad I went to leave home. He said, no, he begged me to stay. And I went back to school at 21. And at 21, I stopped coming back home for holidays. Because I wanted to train myself to be responsible for me. That's what made me who I am today. I have no one I can call for money or call for anything. Hallelujah. Are you out there? Is this helping you? No vision will succeed without a sense of responsibility. No vision will succeed without a sense of, a sense of responsibility and a commitment to diligent execution of duties and tasks. No vision will succeed without a, without a sense of responsibility and a commitment to the execution of duties and tasks. The Bible says, seest thou a man diligent in his business. What did he say? He shall stand before kings. He will be the top and shall not stand before mean men. You know, there's something we learned many years ago. They said, um, it's not by the name of your bookshop, the way Bishop put it, book, bookshop. Said then people have bookshops, Air Shaddai bookshop, uh, put one big Christian name there. You think the business succeeds? It's not true. So you must be diligent. That 1996 was a refining time in my life. And it, it really fired me up and made me see the value of diligence. It says, it shall stand before kings. Do you know that successful business people have influence over governmental leaders? Successful business people. When you give yourself selflessly and tirelessly to your mission, you are bound to reach the top in your field. You are bound to reach the top if you give yourself selflessly to your mission. Diligence is the key to success in life and ministry. Diligence is the key to wealth. In Proverbs 10 verse 4, the Bible says, The hand of the diligent maketh rich. See, the hand, the hand of diligent maketh rich. Hallelujah. The Bible says, He that followeth after vain person shall have poverty enough. But he that tilleth his field shall have plenty of bread. Diligence is the key to elevation in life. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Joseph became great by diligence. According to Genesis 39, 11, Joseph was a doer. 
He did what needed to be done with or without supervision. He was a doer. See Genesis 39, 11, please. He was a doer. Joseph was a doer. Tell someone, Joseph was a doer. Look at this. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do what? To do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. He was, he was committed to his work. He didn't care whether anybody was doing their work. You know, sometimes you, when you talk to civil servants, I think that's why male civil servants are not rich. Because you tell them, are you not going to work? Nobody goes to work in my office, so nobody. So he sits at home every day for 30 days. Then when they are being paid, he's going to collect the salary. He's like a thief. Because he didn't work for it. So, what, so, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? You go to your office and create work for yourself. You say, how do you mean? All right. If you know you don't have your personal business you're doing, go there and do some reading. Do some reading. Take books to your office. Sit down there. You say, okay, I'm going to read books on success because I know that I'm going to leave the civil service at that time and I want to be ready so you read books on success or on business. Then from your civil service point, you start a business along with your civil service because you must have multiple streams of income. Because in, Garden, in, in, in the Garden of Eden, there were four streams. So you have a multiple stream. You start a business alongside what you're doing. Don't just sit down and do nothing. Hallelujah. Look at verse 20, please. Is this helping anybody? Look at this. It says, and Joseph Master took him and put him into the prison and a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison, verse 21. It says, but the Lord was with him and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. This is what we like. Hey, Lord, give me favor. Hey, favor. I claim favor. All right, verse 21. It says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, what did he say? He was the doer. Father, give me favor with my God, the name of Jesus. Amen. And no go walk. In this, in this office, that's how the unbelievers is the one that they are always promoting in the office. Make your time. You, you, you know that this is, they do nothing happens. See, Pastor, there's nothing, nothing. And the best one for those of you, those of you who, who let's say you, you are a civil servant and you don't have an office. You know, some people, they, are civil, they don't have an office. They don't have anywhere to keep them. They don't have anything for them to do. Let me tell you something. This is what you do. Turn your house to an office during your office hours. You know you're supposed to resume at 7.30 in your office. Every day, you drop your children, 7.30 resume at your office in your house. Then, take these books on success to prepare. You're preparing for your business now. Because now you're self-employed, though you're working for the government. But they, don't, they didn't give you office. You're not doing anything. So you take a book on success. You read from like 8 to 12. Take a break. You can resume back by 1 o'clock or 2 because you go and pick your children. Then you come back and close by 4. You'll be amazed. If you continue this thing for 6 months to a year, you'll be far ahead of all your peers. When you start your business, you're too smart. 
As a young man, I used to have my office hours. I, I resume office by 9 o'clock every morning. And I'll finish my housework. And I'll take my, there's this tool I used to use for my table. And I'll just look at my time. I'll say, I've gone to work. My friends will come and see me in the house. I'll say, I'm in the office. Give me some, I'll, I'll, I'll take break by 12 o'clock. Wait till my break time. And some of them will wait, sit down, look at me. I'll go and do my break time, see them, eat lunch, and I go back to work. It produced this. So when I started ministry, I was too sound. So if you, you wait until you start the business before you are learning how... If I, I would have been going to school of business then, no. You start now. You carry the message, school of business message. You are in your office. Uh, writing down. You, because your office, there's no work. So you have, you have started work for yourself. You're self-employed. And your diligence will pay off. Let me tell you something. If you prepare yourself, opportunities will come to you. If you prepare yourself. If you're doing this thing consistently, a door will open for you to lead something, for you to, my, I was in 400 level my second semester when the president of my university met me that they would fire the chaplain for me to work with them. And I told them that I have a vision. For, I was not through with school yet. They were going to fire a theologian. The guy was a theologian. A trained theologian. They will fire him for me, a small boy, to take his job and be in charge of the, the chapel in the school. Because I've been reading. When he came for a meeting in 2004, I was through with school. He came with his wife. His wife was from America. And when they saw the excellence in our meeting, they said they've never seen excellence like that. He grew up abroad, if you know who I'm talking about. He grew up abroad. His wife was from America, Gary Westcott's daughter. They've never seen excellence like that. I've been, I've been going to the office since. It's not today I was going to the office. Researching about excellence. I've been going to office since. Hallelujah.